Hello and welcome to our first episode of Edge Native Podcast. I'm Sebastian Scheele, one of the founders of Kubernetes, and with me in the call is my colleague Bill Mulligan, also of Kubernetes. Cool, yeah. Bill, how is life today? Uh, it's another beautiful day in Berlin. Unfortunately, it's it's not quite as uh, rainy and cloudy as Hamburg, uh, but you know we, we make do here. Winter or fall is coming, so unfortunately, the good times, the summer times, are over. Now it's time to hear even more podcasts, and so why not start a podcast about uh, the Edge topic? Yeah, so I'm super excited uh, about our first guest. It's I think a great introduction into the whole edge space. Um, so with us today on the first podcast, we're going to have Arpit Joshipura, and he's an executive leader and open source software evangelist across carriers, cloud and enterprise IT, spanning technology areas like networking, orchestration, operating systems, security, AI, edge, hardware and silicon. He currently works at the Linux Foundation, where he leads open source projects in networking, as well as edge and IoT. Before the Linux Foundation, he served as CMO, CTO, VP and engineering leadership roles within both startups and larger enterprises, and now brings those 30 years of expertise and vision to the Linux Foundation. So welcome to the show, Arpit. Yeah, happy to have you on board on the show, Arpit. Welcome to the show, Arpit. Thanks for joining us today. Can you give us maybe a little intro into the Linux Foundation and how you host projects? Absolutely. Thank you for hosting me and uh, excited to be here. Linux Foundation today, for those of you who are not aware of what we do, obviously we are the home of Linux, but we are more than Linux today. So we are over 1,600 members, almost 100% of the Fortune 100 companies are part of this. But the most important thing is we bring developers together, tens of thousands of developers, and we host open source projects. And these projects are hosted in a variety of areas, right? Whether it's security, whether it's networking, you know, cloud, you know, we host Kubernetes as we all know, <laughs> automotive, blockchain, edge, IoT, which we're gonna talk about today, web, AI, even the film industry, you know, we host the Academy uh, Software Foundation, energy, hardware, software, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what we do at the Linux Foundation. And I personally run edge, IoT, and networking. Yeah, that's super exciting. And I know the edge is a massive topic and really growing. Can you talk us a little bit about kind of to set the stage, the whole market size for the edge computing market and where you see it going? Uh, yeah, I have mentioned in my keynotes this year, right? Uh, for those of you who have not participated in the edge market, now is the time to get it because according to several analysts, and we have some links uh, that we can share, the size of edge computing market is four times the size of cloud computing. And so if you look at the, the, the sheer magnitude of industries covered by this disruption, it's just out of this world. And I think what we have established here, specifically in the various uh, functions of the edge computing market is because of the size, it is critical that you know, we understand as a community where this market is going and which verticals are going to participate in this. So it's, it's really exciting times, especially in these days where, you know, a lot of connectivity is needed, a lot of uh, processing is needed at the edge. 
Uh, one question I have, uh, because when I'm talking with people, there are so many different definitions uh, and understanding of the edge. Um, as you are so involved in the edge, uh, do you have a good definition of the, of the edge uh, where we all can align on? Because I think that's critical that we all have the common understanding um, how to define the edge. Absolutely. And this is the question I get all the time. And being a nonprofit neutral organization, uh, we have uh, and we host a project called State of the Edge. Uh, we just incorporated it into LF Edge, which is the overall umbrella. And that project has something called a glossary subproject. What it does is it does a Wikipedia style definition of terms. And in just the last month, that project released a white paper that defined the edge in terms of very clear articulation of these specific terms. And here's what I mean. Edge has always been a relative location, right? So to an app, an iPhone could be an edge. And to an iPhone, a radio base station could be an edge, right? To a sensor, uh, a server could be an edge, right? Etc. And then people have used terms like thin edge and thick edge and blah, 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 right? So let's erase all that. And let's get terms that are static, if you may, and they don't change based on your perception and position in the network, right? So with that background, there are really two main terms that we use. There is something called a user edge, which is really dedicated and operated by the user. And then there is a service provider edge, which is really shared and operated as a service, right? So those are two macro terms that have stuck quite well with the community. Now, if you double click the user edge and go deeper inside it, there are three incarnations of those. There's one that is an extremely constrained edge. And what that means is uh, these could be things like, you know, microcontrollers, this could be things like uh, embedded compute, et cetera, right? Uh, then if you move a little bit away from the extremely constrained edge, you get smart device edge, right? These are gateways, IoT gateways, servers, etc., right? Somewhat semi-secure locations. And then if you move a little bit away, you get what is called on-prem data center edge or on-prem edge. That is either one or two or four servers, but still under the user control. Okay, so user edge, uh, subcategories, constraint, smart device, and on-prem. Now, if you move to the service provider edge, and by the way, what separates the two, not in a hard line, but soft line, is the last mile, okay? And so if you go to the service provider edge, which we'd call shared and as a service, there's really access and regional. And so access could be a radio base station. It could be a smart central office. This is where cloud and telecom networks come in. This is where 5G comes in. Uh, very, very important. So from our perspective, this is a vendor-neutral definition. And at the end of the day, if you ask for a classic definition of what is edge computing and why do you need it, that's a simple answer, right? It's basically moving storage and compute closer to the application. But we have also added two other parameters to the definition. One is responsiveness. So you've got to be within 5 to 20 milliseconds of latency. And the other one is mobility. Right, which is allowing an application to be served in a macro network. So to summarize, you know, I know I went a little bit longer on this one, but it is important for people to understand 
that there are Wikipedia style definitions of terms that you can download and be part of and just make it very consistent so that we're not all talking differently. Fair? Yeah, absolutely. And I fully agree with you. I think it's really important. I like the definition you had, like uh, Wikipedia style uh, definitions, um, that we are all talking about the same definitions and have a clear understanding what does it mean because i find it currently sometimes confusing uh, or difficult getting everyone on the same topic um, and first you have a lot of discussion and later you realize hey we're talking about the same uh, <laughs> yep. uh, and not fighting each, uh, against each other exactly yeah i totally agree thanks for the summary of that so diving a little bit deeper uh, what do you think the biggest challenges are for edge computing all right, so if we go into the definition and sort of now apply it to a market or a vertical, okay? And again, these definite, these are, anal there are analysts worldwide who define what a market is and what a vertical is, right? So I'm not gonna pretend that, you know, we know that, but we're just gonna use what they say, right? The biggest challenge in right now is there are four major markets that are participating in edge computing, right? There's the IoT market, so IoT has a view of edge. There's the enterprise market, right? Uh, who has a view of edge. Then there's a telco or a telecom market, which has a view of edge. And then there's a cloud market that now is trying to bring a lot of cloud type features closer to the edge, right? So all these markets, if you may, which by the way, serve a whole bunch of verticals, whether it's manufacturing or retail or smart cities, et cetera. We'll get into that in a bit, but they have a view of the edge. And the biggest challenge that we have identified is how do you unify these markets specifically from a lifecycle management and framework perspective, right? The plumbing layer, as I call it. Don't reinvent the plumbing layers. Don't reinvent APIs. Don't reinvent, you know, starting, stopping, booting, reloading, upgrading, things that, you know, are are, are non-differentiated. That's where we at LF Edge come in, and that's what we do here at the Open Source Project. As you are also heavily involved in the LF networking, I think one of the critical paths for Edge is how does networking functions on the Edge? Um, so. I think you have insights in both sides. Can you bridge this both worlds together and explain it a little bit? What do you see there, especially uh, with networking um, at the edge? Uh, sure. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we have to realize is if the edge market needs to explode in terms of big adoption, uh, there's a latency dimension. And then there's a proximity dimension. Now, these two things are enabled by uh, disruptive technologies like 5G, right, with extremely low latency, and by telecom or telco networking, because they have the base stations and they have the locations that are all set up in a uh, close to the application, right? So as I've always said, not all networking belongs in the edge, and not all edge is part of networking, right? So we view that 5G. Uh, and the distributed aspects of networking that allow zero touch, that allow, allow connectivity, that allow QoS service functions, basically to allow you know, both cloud native functions and virtual network functions to run as close to the end user as possible. Uh, that's what 
networking enables and that's what telecom service providers enable and that's the whole focus of one of our projects called Acreno, uh, which we host which again focuses on these blueprints and use cases that bring these functions close to the edge as possible yeah absolutely so we focused on some of the challenges a little bit about the networking and now i want to talk about our favorite topic here at kubernetes is like what role do you think kubernetes itself will play at the edge Um, A lot and a very important role. And uh, here's the simple way of looking at it, right? At the end of the day, why did the networking world and the telecom world, you know, uh, go hybrid, right, from a virtual machine to a container-based infrastructure? It was really around portability and simplicity, right? And I think what is happening even more in the edge world is, these apps need to be super light, super lightweight, super portable, uh, but still provide, you know, both, uh, when I say apps, I'm talking about network functions for telecom providers, but also non-networking apps, right? They could be, you know, 360 views, they could be connected cars, they could be anything, right? Uh, there's a whole bunch of applications that we, we look at. So what we are looking at is a simple way of bringing up infrastructure and bringing up applications and then connecting them together uh, using Kubernetes, right? Now, keep in mind, in some of the edges, right, in the constrained edge specifically, and in fact, in some of the gateway edge, even Kubernetes is an overweight, okay? So you talk about, you know, OpenStack being sort of in the core, Kubernetes being in the core cloud, uh, we are working with the Kubernetes Edge Working Group in LF Edge, right? And trying to come up with even a lighter weight version of, you know, what do we need to enable and use Kubernetes for the various blueprints in the Edge. So clearly a very integral part of, of Edge is built on Kubernetes and, uh, you know, several of these projects that, that uh, we host, obviously. We are now talking already about, uh, or you mentioned already about several times, LF Edge. Can you give us some more details about LF Edge and uh, especially what it is trying to accomplish? Uh, sure. So as I said, LF Edge is a top-level umbrella project under Linux Foundation. It's equivalent to, uh, or it's at the same level as what is called CNCF, where Kubernetes is hosted, or LF Networking, where projects like ONAP are hosted, right? So that's an umbrella project. And with it, and LF Edge was formed a couple of years ago uh, with a single most important goal to unify the edge markets and the edge computing view of the world from a frameworks and lifecycle perspective. Today, we host over eight projects, about eight projects, of which you know two uh, stage three or impact projects are EdgeX Foundry and uh, Crano. I think I talked about Crano a little bit. EdgeX Foundry is an IoT framework, a generic one. And then we have several other projects with, you know, some of them belong to very constrained environments, industrial IoT like Fledge. There's a home edge project that is the IoT gateway for the edge networks. You have, you know, cloud-based projects like Betel, edge virtualization engines like Eve, Open Horizon, and then, of course, the non-software project called State of the Edge, which kind of does the glossary and the, and the landscape and things like that. So... What we are trying to do is bring the community together, whether it's cloud, telco, IoT, or enterprise edge, and focus on 
you know, common blueprints, common solutions, common use cases, so that we all don't waste time trying to differentiate where it's not needed. Absolutely. So you've mentioned a couple different projects under LF Edge. Can you tell us a little bit how the different projects integrate with each other? Uh, yeah. So the integration project is really around what is called a crano. And what a crano does is it has not just a telecom focus, but it also has a blueprint or a use case focus. So different projects can actually come together in a crano. And what a crano will do is there's a formal definition of blueprints. Now, blueprints, think of it this way. So the highest level is a use case. So what are these use cases? It could be a connected car. It could be a, a retail uh, environment. It could be you know an augmented reality classroom. It could be a sensor, pump, a transformer, you know, a whole bunch of things, right? And these use cases uh, need to be implemented in the open and tested in the open, right? So what a blueprint is, is it's a declarative configuration with CI/CD integrated, with lifecycle management integrated, with upstream downstream projects integrated, with hardware and software. And it, it specifies the testing done submits the test scripts and keeps it out in the open so that it's replicable. And so in a crano, we've had multiple blueprints that have integrated projects across the board, right? Not just within LF Edge, but even outside LF Edge. So that's how they come together. It's it's a, that's the integration project. Yeah, I think what would be curious for me because you mentioned it, uh, you said uh, not only inside of the LF Edge, especially also outside uh, the LF Edge. And we also uh, talked a bit about Kubernetes. Like, as a lot of projects are under the Linux Foundation, how do they work together? Um, because I think, especially on the Edge topic, it's important uh, to work together with like Kubernetes, LF Edge. And how is it organized? How does it work? Yeah, so open source projects generally have, you know, a TSC call that goes on, right? That is run by the community or run by the LF, right? Then they have uh, working groups within the project, right? And so the members of these uh, foundations or umbrellas, people like yourself who are interested in multiple domains, right? They bring the technical expertise into each of these uh, structures, right? So LF is only responsible for keeping the neutralized or neutral structure of governance, right? And then technical people like you come together and discuss. So in this instance specifically, let's take two examples. Let's take an example of LF networking and ONAP. So ONAP has an edge working group. So ONAP is used for zero touch automation. It's a telco initiative that essentially uh, can, can integrate with Acreno to allow the edge cloud to also do a zero touch automation, right? So the way it works is the Acreno will integrate ONAP in the relevant blueprints. So let's say in this instance, it's called a network cloud blueprint, right? Similarly, for Kubernetes, you have a, a working group for Edge, right? So there's collaboration between that and Acreno, where, for example, whether it's you know Kubeflow or it's um, it, it's uh, Kubernetes itself, right, which is integrated into many many uh, blueprints in Acreno, and so. There is a cross level of participation through an integration project, and that's how it happens, right? It doesn't have to be, it doesn't, it's not related to just the LF Edge work, right? At the end of the day, these umbrellas are just for our uh, governance structure and for our drivers and setting like boundaries. 
but the collaboration is well beyond boundaries. Cool. And so we've talked a lot about collaboration within the Linux Foundation and the other sub foundations. Can you talk about what other industry organizations outside of Linux Foundations are important in the Edge ecosystem and how LF Edge collaborates with them? Uh, sure. So the three most important ones that we set up a formal collaboration. So now let me, before we even go to the specific edge ones, let me tell you a philosophy that I have followed. You know, if there is a standards organization and there is a standard, you know, then code that in the open source. If a standard does not exist, code it and then upstream it into a standard. Okay. So that standards and open source are always in a harmony. Okay. That's the philosophy. So what we do and what I particularly focus on is to make sure that there are formal collaborations that are set up. So on the networking side, which is a very heavy standards-related industry, right? Whether it's TMF, MEF, Etsy, 3GPP, OpenRAN, you know, you name it. That's all formally collaboration uh, is set up, and then the code and standards are in sync. When it comes to edge, there are not too many standards on the cloud side of the edge. Okay. So, you know, and as you know, from the cloud world, people just code, all right? And then that becomes a de facto standard. But when it comes to the telecom portion of the edge, uh, we have formal collaborations with Etsy Mech, and that sets up a code and an infrastructure for Acrino Blueprints to have Mech-specific blueprints, right? And then there are consortiums in edge um, that are vertical-specific. So for devices, they are things like IIC, which we have collaboration with, or for automotives, we have collaborations with uh, ACC, Automotive Edge Computing Consortium. And, and so, you know, uh, folks like Toyota can actually collaborate within LF Edge and uh, within the consortiums, right? So we have, those are the top ones. Uh, then there's a whole bunch of others that can come in and participate uh, through their working groups. But at the end of the day, they are the top ones right now. Yeah, I'm curious a little bit about your personal uh, view. Uh, what are edge integrations you uh, are mostly excited about? <laughs> uh, in my mind, there are... So, so before we get to the edge integrations, I think there's one step that everybody's trying to get to, which is get the infrastructure ready so that edge actually can take advantage of that. And when I say infrastructure, it would be anything from, uh, you know, Uh, the service provider edge, right? So telco-based stations where servers can be put in or smart central offices to on-prem data centers, gateways, etc., And get the 5G uh, last mile connectivity in place, right? So once you have everything in place, then I really get excited about use cases and applications that are not yet imagined, right? Because, you know, for example, we did... Uh, we did an augmented reality classroom use case in release two of a crano as a blueprint, right? The purpose of that was to have more student interaction and uh, and make sure that you know advanced learning techniques are applied uh, by AI and and things like that directly on a on a software blueprint, right? <laughs> that now has been expanded to you know, allow for social distancing in the in the real world, right? So there's things that we don't know people will use. And that gets me more excited rather than, you know, what we know. Now, what we know is, again, a collection of all your, you all, right? Like all members and all the community collaborators that obviously we know there's a business case to it. Let's go and make it happen and let's deploy it, make some money and things like that. But that's one thing I'm excited about, which is the unknown. 
And the second thing I'm excited about is really the fact that the community is coming very nicely together in LFH, right? We have very good member growth, you know, 25% growth in this. We have lots of projects who want to come in this unified umbrella, almost 80% growth in projects. We have so many deployments, lots, millions and millions of downloads of Edgex Foundry and blueprints and things like that. Um, Almost a doubling of our developers in the community, right? 4X the commits. So lots of uh, excitement is happening in the LFH community. So that's that gives me even more excitement to support it. Yeah, quick question only. What I'm curious, what, what do you think is the timeline about this? Are we talking about two years, five years, 10 years? Uh, no, actually, things are happening now, right? We are starting to see, at least in the second half of this year, Edge is becoming a critical piece of 5G deployments from a telco perspective and from a cloud perspective, right? We've seen collaborations and partnerships of public cloud players with the telecom players, right? You have seen, you know, AT&Ts of the world with Microsoft and Google and Verizons and Amazon and, you know, China Mobile with Tencent and Baidu and China Telecom. I mean, all of them are working together to make the infrastructure go, right? So that's the first problem. The second is the apps. And because of projects like App Acreno and all these blueprints, I think we're just accelerating that cycle. So I would say it's starting this year. And it'll probably go on for the next you know, two to three years. Now, keep in mind, this is where vertical markets come in. So not all verticals are going to have the impact in the same way as you normally would. So in our mind, uh, what is happening is uh, we have the the most important market that is taking advantage of the edge right now is the manufacturing market, right? So uh, industrial manufacturing or manufacturing as we call it is the number one market. Then followed by oil and gas, which is really energy. It has the most to gain, followed by retail. And again, keep in mind, yes, there is a there's a pause right now in retail because of the pandemic, but you know there's a lot of use cases for the edge in retail, even pandemic-related, that are picking up. Uh, then it's the home market, which includes B2B and B2C use cases, right? Automotive market, fleet, transportation, and logistics, right? So this is, these are the big ones. Uh, the ones that are, are the most urgent ones. Then from a vertical perspective, I think it'll take another you know, one to two years before it gets there is, you know, smart cities, the government, and then healthcare. Not because it's not important, but it's because just regulations and, and processes and things like that are already there. Yeah, absolutely. And so you've talked a little bit about all these different like verticals, and they're all slightly different from each other. Like, what do you think the biggest differences are between each of these verticals? And how can they learn from each other to produce the best outcomes for the industry? That's a great question. If you look at the differences, then I would say if things are different, keep it inside a vertical. Don't bring it to a common framework, right? So here's what I mean by that. A sensor that's sitting in a remote rugged factory is different from a sensor sitting at a home, right? You know, some of them are environmentally hardened. Some of them are not. So the form factor of each vertical is going to be different. That translates to the compute, storage, and connectivity being different, okay? So now, all of a sudden, you know, I have almost 100 
plus ways of getting in, right? Whether it's Zigbee or Bluetooth or low power RAN or 5G or 4G or Wi-Fi or Bluetooth, it doesn't matter, right? Let that all be optimized uh, for that market. Once you are connected, then you have a vertical dedicated messaging protocol that you follow. MQTT, this, that, right, etc. Those protocols are also market specific. And there's almost 200 of those. And I'm okay with that, right? Let, let that be specific to the vertical. After that, common frameworks start, right? And those frameworks are lifecycle management frameworks. And this is where, you know, projects like EdgeX Foundry come in because they abstract the physical connectivity, they abstract the mes messaging protocols, and then they provide the same level of service on off a gateway, right? Uh, the the lifecycle management, and then they follow the same level of connectivity to the cloud or to the networks. So this is where it starts getting common. So in my original original definition of edge, remember, user edge, service provider edge. In the user edge, the more constrained the edge in terms of you know both physical environment and the size and storage and compute, the more unique it will be. But the more shared and more closer to the service provider edge you move, it's going to be common frameworks. What about other areas uh, of the edge, uh, like AI and ML or connected cars or um, IoT? What are some of the emerging spaces you are expecting to see really leveraging, uh, especially open edge computing? AI and ML, in my mind, yes, it's, it's matured. The technology has come a long way. And one of the biggest things you have to look at is not the technology for the sake of technology, but what is the use of that? And the single most important use in Edge is what we call predictive maintenance, which happens in, in an IIoT or an IoT environment, right? So now we have technology that is matured, safe, cheap, and can be put at these various edges. And so what it can do is it can run local intelligence, local uh, machine learning algorithms and things like that, uh, that would allow you to make a decision to shut down a, a turbine or a sensor before it kind of breaks, right, because of X, Y, and Z. So that is an extremely important technology that, that has been matured and, and has been used now in a lot of edge deployments, right? Same thing on connected cars, right? With the advent of 5G and with the advent of on-car processing technologies, you can actually take advantage of edge compute because in any given uh, scenario, you will be within 20 milliseconds of latency, which is good enough for autonomous driving, right? And same thing at IIoT, right? The industrial part of it, you know, we have projects like Fledge that, for example, connects to a TensorFlow network in Google and provides the predictive maintenance technologies. So all these use cases are starting to pick up very rapidly because uh, technologies like AIML, containers, uh, microservices, even telco technologies like SDN, NFV, uh, on-demand, and then, of course, hardware technologies like TPU, GPU, NPU, all those things are are there now. Yeah, absolutely. So you've touched a little bit on the bi different business cases for the edge, and you've said that the edge is going to be four times bigger than cloud. If you were starting a company tomorrow, where do you think the biggest business opportunities are going to be on the edge? <laughs> so let me, let me give you a 50,000-foot view. It's not even a 10,000-foot view. So we have worked with several analysts and 
everybody has come up with a market size and a top area of attack. If you sort of abstract what they say into two things that are most important, right, on where the focus will be, it basically boils down to the following, which is it is anything that is connected and that moves but is not a phone or a car, right? Like, so, you know, think of things like 360 vision. Think of things like augmented reality, you know, vertical reality. I mean, there's a master list of things that are categorized as application. Uh, for us, we group them into, uh, you know, the, the following areas, right? There is the whole telecom edge infrastructure uh, applications, huge market. Whether it's you know VRAN, VEPC, wireline, SD WAN, IP services, etc. That's one. Then there's the devices, autonomous devices, right? Drones, vehicles, robots, uh, medical devices, all these. Anything that operates autonomously, huge market. Anything that has what I call immersive experiences, right? So things that you would not have normally encountered: virtual reality, augmented reality. 360 video, variable cognitive assistance, all that stuff, right? Big. And then there's a huge market, which everybody tends to focus on, which is IoT and analytics, right? Sensors, home devices, retail, healthcare, and things like that. So yeah, there's several of these, I would say, that go on in parallel. Depending on the country, geography, and the market, there's a lot of business opportunities. Yeah, definitely. So you've been in the edge computing space for quite a while, and I'm sure you've seen lots of different use cases. What is the most surprising or out-of-the-box edge computing use case that you've seen? I think the, the, the one that I mentioned earlier where all these use cases, uh, which were, I hate to use the word boring, right? But they, 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 they are giving a lot of value to enterprises and end users, right? Whether it's network cloud or you know, AI for edge or for cloud gaming or connected vehicles, right? I've mentioned many of these. The most out-of-the-box thinking is, you know, think of it this way. As an application, if you have the power of public cloud right at your fingertips, right, which is what edge computing gives you, what imagine what you can do with it. And I think what in just the last six months, we have seen developers pivot on is they have utilized all of these blueprints and use cases to solve the problem at hand. And that's the pandemic, right? Uh, as I said, right, distance learning has been extended to social distancing. Vehicle things have been extended to not just connectivity, but intelligent driving, right? There's all the 5G cloud infrastructure that has been extended to uh, remote learning, e-health, two-way video doctor calls are being extremely successful because of edge computing, right? I mean, who would have imagined that a pandemic would be needed to finally get medical doctors on a phone, a video phone, right? So these are out of the box that people think just because the infrastructure is there, the API is there, the frameworks are there, and the apps are there. Great. Thanks for joining us, Arpit. You can find Arpit on LinkedIn, and you can find the Linux Foundation on the web at linuxfoundation.org. Thanks. Thank you very much.